0: Hello, and welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast. I'm Ian Lobb. Seb's not here, he's poorly. Um, but I'm very lucky to be joined by Stacey McCahey, AKA Bitch Codes. But she's not really a bitch, she's actually really nice. Hello.
1: Don't tell people <laughs> that. I'm trying to keep up a reputation.
0: Because you've had that screen name for like years and years, right? Yeah. Are you, are you sticking with it? Thick for yeah, for now. Yeah. What if like... one day you decide that you're not a bitch?
1: One day, one day, I'm sure it'll go away. But right now, eh, it's just, it just, it is what it is. Old habit.
0: Cool. So, what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about some Unity stuff because Stacey's a fan of the Unity, as am I. Um, I'm going to reel off my favorite assets from the Asset Store, and we're going to talk about those. And then we're also going to talk about just education because I used to be an educator. I used to teach programming at a university for a bit. And Stacey is always helping like little uns learn to do coding stuff. And maybe we're going to try and imagine if we didn't know anything, but we somehow knew to always learn the right things, like what would we learn and, and what order and, and those sorts of things. So without any further of any other do's,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll
0: get on with the show sorry i haven't let stacy talk yet um right i'm going to uh, before we start though um proper i have to give our shout outs to because we have a patreon now where people can give us money for doing the show It's what? amazing. yeah so i have to just shout out the people that backed at the shout out tier on patreon so that is sam hs brad Manderscheid, lorenzo pirondini james med chris burgeon adam butler And Dan Het, you guys are awesome. And also everyone else who supports us on Patreon, you're all awesome. So thank you so much.
1: Wait, did you just butcher any names? Because I I think you probably did.
0: I probably did. So apologies, obviously, the (laughs) requisite apologies to anyone whose name I said badly. If you want to send me a message on Patreon with the phonetic pronunciation, next month I will do do it. I will do an equally
1: bad butchering job. Equally
0: badly, but in a different way. I do have a speech impediment though. I have a slight lisp so uh
1: Talking wrong girl here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't be guaranteed to ever say anything correctly. <laughs> one of the things I I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before but one of the things I noticed from doing the show is that I say foive instead of instead of five. <laughs> I say foive.
1: Amazing. <laughs>
0: HTML five.
1: <laughs> it's like it's like the new standard. It's like the one up. It's not quite six.
0: <laughs> it's five. It's five. Do um the North Americans know that they can't say T's and they say everything as D's?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty standard.
0: Is it only in the middle of a word? Like uh, you have a drink of water, but you don't have a cup of D.
1: Well, I mean, even the word water, depending on where you are in North America, is pronounced very different. Cause you'll get water, and then you'll get like water, like a little bit of like an R in there if it's like from Maryland. So. <laughs> Seriously.
0: C- cool. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's get into the next segment. This is what happens when Seb's not here. The, <laughs> the professionalism of this show goes down a lot. Um, <laughs> where's, I've got to find the right browser tab now. No, it's not feel like he's one.
1: just. So are you saying he's a parent? Is that what he is?
0: In this relationship, yes. He, <laughs> Seb is definitely the he's, responsible one, let's say. Daddy Seb? Well, oh, no, don't say that.
1: It's weird, weird. right? <laughs> it's kind that of is made super me weird. <laughs>
0: I see him more as like a big brother. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to run down now my top 10 assets in no particular order. In fact, it's not even a top 10 and uh, not even a, all of them are even from the asset store. They're from various places, but here we go. So my number one Unity asset that I do really like, and it probably is my number one, actually, because it's the first one I thought of, is 2D Toolkit by Unicron Software, Um, that one's on the Unity Asset Store. And what it does, it's an alternative set of sprite stuff. So when it first came out, there wasn't a built-in sprite system in Unity. And so they developed one, Unicron Software, um, called 2D Toolkit. And then Unity came out with like a built-in one, but in a lot of ways, the original 2D Toolkit one is better. It's much easier to set up sprite-based animations with it. It um, gives you loads of extra options for packing and things like that. Like, you don't have to use Mechanim to do anything. It gives you loads of different sprite packing things that you don't have otherwise. Um, it will do things like remove the white space around sprites um, to pack more things onto a sprite atlas. And is that good? Have you had a had a chance to play with the 2D Toolkit ever, Uh 2D
1: Toolkit, like, once, but then I think, was it five... In five, they introduced it, introduced all the 2D stuff.
0: Yeah, it was four point something, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and so then it was like, eh, you know, and then then I was just willing to get confused by all the physics (laughs) and physics 2D stuff. So, um, but the sprite animation, I was teaching that the other day. That's definitely, that's a pain in the butt. Like, it's like overkill. Um, So that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, it's true because the new... um... Like, using the built-in sprite tools is, like, pretty easy, isn't it? It's, like, not too bad. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that then when it comes to doing an animation, like, you have to understand the animation window, which is not that easy to understand for, like, a new person. And then you have to understand mechanism as well. The animation
1: so. window for someone who comes from any kind of animation package is probably one of the most confusing things you could have. <laughs> like, you can be like, it kind of looks like After Effects because you see the little, you know, um uh kind of trigger points and stuff like that it looks like yeah. that um but no <laughs> no
0: it doesn't act like it in any way no no no, no. Yeah. yeah it's i mean it's fine i've never really i haven't really used it that much because i tend to just work with animations that have come from other people or i'm working in 2d but yeah so anyway so that's 2d toolkit i love it okay next one jason.net for unity by parent element, LLC. So json.net is a really nice library, um, .net library for working with JSON files. It will do things like it will convert between a native class and a JSON object and back again. So you can just have your own, like you could have a little class representing um, say like a save game um, and like how many, what score did the player have? What level were they on? What levels do they have unlocked? And you could keep all of that in like C sharp code and then you can just serialize that into a JSON thing automatically and then serialize it back. And it's really handy. Um
1: That's like my number one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh yeah, json.net is available as a free library. I tried importing it once and it didn't work. It had some conflicts in Unity. So on the asset store, you can get this one by parent element and it's called json.net for Unity. And they've just fixed whatever import issues it has. So it just works more smoothly. Um, Did you you have a go at using the native one in Unity?
1: Yeah, and uh, use the native one even because any kind of C sharp, just going through NuGet to get it. Um, so, you know, for other kind of development in terms of C-Sharp. So yeah, I, yeah. Would, I played with both, but yeah, I had the same yeah. kind of problem originally. Yeah. Um, I
0: think it, I think it does work like the free one, but if you just pay 20 bucks, you can just have all those issues resolved for you. So
1: there's also sales on the asset store all the time. that's true that's another thing to keep in mind if like these things that you're suggesting whether they're free or paid a lot of those things go on sale and so you can always just keep an eye
0: out keep an eye out absolutely i I do that i I love the asset store so i'm always like lurking around to see i don't know if everyone with a pro license has it but there's a thing called level 11 where it's like you get if you have a pro license or if you had one at a certain time you get asset you get every month you get some stuff for free oh nice from the asset store but it's just some a random selection that they like curate. So sometimes it's stuff you want and then sometimes it's like, it's a model of a goblin. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I didn't need that, but thanks, I'll download it anyway. It was free. <laughs> yeah, Pretty it. rad goblin. <laughs> if I ever need a goblin, I've got one. Um Okay, so next up on my list is Master Audio by Tonic Incorporated. And Master Audio is just a really powerful audio manager. Um, it lets you do things like have one place where you store all the references to all your sound effects and music. It lets you put them into groups. It lets you like create playlists for music and things like that. It automatically does things like fading in and out and cross fading between music tracks. It lets you group sound effects into different groups and set volumes for whole groups. Um, it lets you play a sound just from one line of code without having to hook anything up on in the Unity interface in terms of like dragging references to sounds into Because, oh, nice. uh, comp- I mean, you've probably experienced this, that, like, just playing a sound is not quite as simple as you feel like it should be in Unity. No,
1: it's like you've got to add the component, you've got <laughs> or two components, and then you've got to, like, figure out where you're, you know, dragging the MP3 or whatever you're playing. And I mean, but the idea of dragging one line of code sounds like it's kind of like a singleton, so it's just a sound manager that you just have a line of code and you can tell it, like, fade the sound up kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what it's awesome. like. Yeah, it's like a, a singleton, and but it has like it has um, like editor integration. So what you do is that you manage your list of sounds inside the Unity editor, like all in one place, and then but then when you're playing sounds, you can just do it all through code. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, just using the string names and stuff, which ends up being easier, even though it's like always oh, nicer to keep references to things rather than strings. You think, but actually, sometimes you just want to play the sound called like explode. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's cool and it yeah it, it does it does it has so many features like it lets you do things like just say you want to have three variations of the same sound it lets you like make a little group in the editor for those three and then it always just plays the, a random one rather than like the same one mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah that's neat.
1: i mean that's awesome that's something yeah. you'd write like multiple lines of code to do
0: yeah exactly and yeah They've sort of thought of it, so that's cool. So next one on my list is uh, NGUI. Uh, This isn't one that I would probably use on every project nowadays, but it's still one that can be useful. So uh, again, like 2D Toolkit um, came out before there was like a native uh, sprite thing. NGUI is a user interface thing from before Unity had like a built-in decent user interface system. So uh, again... You don't necessarily need it now, but in some ways, it's still superior, um, or it has some advantages at least over the the way Unity decided to implement UGUI. Like I like UGUI; it's cool, but NGUI is just—it's more. I don't know. It's just like it's—it's it's five years old. It's well. It's really tried and tested. Like that, it hasn't got edge cases that are not going to work and things like that. So
1: it's got, and everyone loves it. It doesn't matter who you are as a Unity developer; you know that one. Like, that's the one everyone's like, oh, yeah, I've
0: used it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like, I have heard, like, people say that they spent ages taking out the NGUI from their projects to put in UGUI. I mean, that's fine. It's like, depending on what the project is, you know, that might be worth doing or it might not. Like, you have to make that decision, I guess, with each project. Um, Yeah, it's one of those things, though, where it's like, at the start of a Unity project, deciding which things to go with is one of the hardest things, like... To, to make that decision is probably the hardest one. Like, am I going to go ngui or am I going to go ugui? Because they both have advantages. Um, like, N- ngui does its own uh atlas management and like sprite packing. So, if you like absolutely want to make sure that you fit all of your stuff into one draw call, like, I think probably ngui is like a bit safer. But then, if you if you want to use dynamic text, it's like not a good solution at all. So I feel yeah. like I
1: would love to read a comparison on like Engui versus uh, Unity's implementation in five. I think it would be that would be really like, just you know, comparison across the board of like good for this, not good for this, good for this, good for this. Doesn't support yeah. has it? I think that would be really. good. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure it exists.
0: That would be good. I think I, I come at it from a slightly different place in that like I already own all these because I bought them before Unity five came out. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I would make that decision. Whereas like if I was starting now and I didn't already own them, I'd be like, well, I probably I uh, probably tend towards not using ngui just because it's like a hundred dollars or something or however much it is um and i could save that money but yeah whichever so next one on the list and again this is one that's not it's not like a slam dunk at all it's one that has some advantages and some disadvantages it's uh called smooth moves by echo 17 and it's an animation thing it's like a flash type thing basically um
1: I'm having the hardest time not opening a browser and checking out all these things. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm of course. like, hold on, just let me like if you hear some like clickety click click click, it's just me like opening up Unity.
0: Oh no, that's and okay. Yeah, I, I won't mind a bit of clickety click if you just want to check them out. But um what Smooth Moves is, is it's a timeline animation thing. So Unity has a built in one. There's other ones which I'm gonna talk about um, later on down this list, but it's one that you can get from the asset store. It's it's pretty inexpensive. On sale, you can normally get it for like $30 or something, I think. And yeah, if you just want to make like a like a bone-based 2D animation where you've got some arms and legs and you're gonna tween them around, it's really good and it, it's quite quick to work with. And one of the nice things about it is that like it's pretty easy to learn and it's got some quite extensive tutorials and a manual that goes with it to help you learn it. And it integrates with uh, the legacy Unity animation system so it doesn't use Mechanim. What it uses is the thing that predated Mechanim, where basically you would type in code that says transition from this animation to this animation. What that means is it's like it's actually quite powerful. Like it can mix six different animations, like with different levels, and you can override specific bones to do like a bit of inverse kinematic stuff. Um, you know, like if you want to just point the head, you can easily override where the head bone is pointing and things like that. And I use it mostly because I've been using it for, say, three years um, when there weren't any competitors. And now there are other options that you have to consider. But it's like it's still worth a look. Like it blends animations together really nicely, I would say, is is the main thing it's got going for it. Um, Be firm in your
1: opinion. Yes, you want
0: to check this out. <laughs> it's worth it's worth checking out. I mean, depending on what the budget for your project is and how much money you have, like I would be a huge advocate of like if you have a project that's got a big budget, just get all that, get all of the assets, get all of the options. So, I mean, the, for smooth moves, the competitors would be uh, Spine, Spriter, one of the Flash based integration things, or you could try using you could try using Mechanim and the built in stuff. What I would do is if you 've got the budget, buy them all, evaluate them all, like spend a day with each one, say, and then just work out which is the best. This is what I did. This is the only way like I'm able to make informed decisions on on things so like where, for example, the dumping ground project that I did with the BBC last year, I had to make all these decisions, and like I knew that for the project we were on, like I was choosing between smooth moves and spine for the t d animation, and I knew that the, on the on that project. Spine would be like a much better solution because we were working with external animators. The thing with smooth moves is it's a it's an editor extension for unity so if you are like a coder animator mm-hmm. then it's works fine because you never have to leave unity right you're it's already there in your tool but if you if you're not if you're just an animator you don't even want to really install unity because you're not going to understand it. It's yet another alien thing to understand. Plus, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and then what are they going to do? Are they going to be like check? You want animators checking out your project from version control? No. It's like no thanks. No. They'll break everything.
1: <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> so,
0: but if you use, if you use spine, what spine will give you is it just gives you one atlas, which spine generates two JSON text files. One which is the skeleton setup, and one which is the animation data. Mm. And so, so it's it's just like, the
1: points of the animation.
0: Yeah, no. and it's like really lightweight. It's an external application, so they can, you know, animators you're working with can stay completely out of unity and they don't have to mess up your project. And, you know, it's it's a good separation of concerns. And so that's that one. So yeah, Smooth Moves, definitely definitely worth a look, especially especially I think if you've never done anything before and you just want one that's like pretty cheap and easy to set up and you're gonna get going right away. Um, so moving on then, next one is Universal Sound Effects by Imfensia. And what Universal Sound Effects is, it's just a huge library of sound effects. It's got like train sounds, gun noises, explosions, uh, like different just sound effects, doors opening, like all the stuff you need, right, to to prototype a game or even ship a game. And those
1: are all like, uh, like creative, uh, like a CC license where you can use and distribute and... Everything that you want
0: to do with them? Yeah, it's like all completely royalty free. And because it's a Unity asset, they just come straight into Unity. So you've got them all there and you just use the ones that you want. And compared to other sound libraries, it's also like very, very uh, affordable. Because some sound effects libraries you can get are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I'll just check the the price. Um, I think I got it like half price even in a sale. But, um, what was it? Sales yeah, are the
1: best. Exactly. <laughs> under the I always check what's on sale in the asset store.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's currently 42 euros. So when it's on sale, it's even less. And yeah, it's nice. for, it gives you 4,250 sound effects.
1: That's insane.
0: that's That's like more than you'll ever need, probably. Well, have
1: you ever tried to search for like royalty free, like. You know, all the proper licensing um, just on the web, like to use in a project like that. You could bill against the time lost doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know and a lot of them have like a multi-level price tier thing as well, where it's like mm-hmm. for a YouTube video with no ads, it's this. For a website, it's this much. For like a TV broadcast, it's this much. It's like, well... I just want to sort of own it and feel safe that I can put it on YouTube or in a game yeah. without having to worry about that. So it's really good. It's a good one. So that's Universal Sound Effects. So the next one is Pro Builder Advanced by Procore. And what this one is, it's a 3D editor that's a an, ex, an editor extension for Unity. So basically it's like something like Blender, but built into Unity. Nice. So within your scene view in Unity, rather than just like moving 3D objects around and positioning them, you can create new ones. So you can actually do some simple 3D modeling. Oh, cool. Um, Which is really handy. Um, You know, you can use it for prototyping Mm -hmm. or you can make whole models in it. But yeah, if you just like want to be able to quickly go, I, I don't want a cube. I just, don't just want cubes and spheres. I want to make like an arch shape or something. Yeah, or like very... a
1: lot of people do that low poly kind of look, right? So even if you're just like, oh, I want something that looks more like a diamond or whatever. Yeah, like it would be exactly. awesome for that.
0: Yeah, it's great for that and it and it has built in like I think it's called UV mapping. It's the thing where you align the textures onto the Oh
1: yeah.
0: where you choose and like, I mean I find that so confusing. I'm not like a 3D modeling person at all. But <laughs> <Me> either.
1: <laughs> My project in school, I remember we they taught us this, my 3D story in terms of learning. We learned some software package at the time that was like in beta. This is years and years and years ago. And it was like free, and that's why we learned it. It's a horrible story. What a horrible school, right? And literally my project, I was so lazy. I made a cylinder, and then I wrapped a Coca-Cola can label around it. And I was like, here you go. And I was like, done. <laughs> that's That's my skills in 3D.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm probably pretty much in the same place. Um but yeah, there is a thing called u- texturing and UV unmapping and it's I th- I think people who do 3D modeling are so clever. I just admire them so much. There's so much technical knowledge that's needed to do that as well as like the artistic skill and the like artistic sensibilities. Those things are just like it's like flying a plane. It's probably harder than flying a plane. There's like so many controls.
1: It's Literally, if you want to scare the absolute crap out of someone who's, like, (laughs) coming to, like, technology or trying to learn something and remotely creative, just get them to open up any 3D program. And they'll be like, what does all this do? Because it's like the interfaces are always the most complex.
0: It's pretty scary. Even something like Blender is pretty scary. And that's, like, intentionally hiding some things from you when you first open it.
1: I literally, like, run away. I open it up and I'm, like, out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, ProBuilder, if you ever want to, I mean, you can achieve the same things by just having Blender installed and editing your things in Blender. But if you just want to do it without ever leaving Unity, it's like it's a simpler workflow. So the next one is uh, In Control by Gallant Games. Now, what In Control does is it handles uh, gamepad inputs. And basically, Unity can by default handle gamepad inputs but it's done in a bit of a strange way where you you have to define all these different accesses and access them through names and stuff. So
1: like the input controller you're talking about and like yeah. defining what, like your own custom yeah. name for it and everything else that you yeah, want to do. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's fine when you've got one player, but if you want to plug in two joypads mm-hmm. and have like player one, player two, it becomes really like confusing. Mm-hmm. You can't just like have a reference to a controller object and just go, okay, now this person's on controller two or whatever. It's done in a really weird way. So they're gonna replace it. It's on there, it's on the roadmap. But in the meantime, what in control does is it just sort of does that for you. It, it automatically defines all the axes for all the game pads and it handles the difference between say, plugging in a 360 gamepad and... A PlayStation gamepad and like generic USB one, and it because some of them have the access and the buttons set up in weird different ways, and it, it makes it more universal basically. So it's pretty clever, definitely recommend that one if you're doing like a, a local multiplayer game. So that's in control by Gallant Games. Um, again, you won't need it unless you're unless you until you sort of come to something which needs to have dub dual, dual joypad input, you won't realize the problem, and then you'll be like, Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: oh that <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: so next one is do tween pro by demi giant and it's a tweening engine it's like uh from the flash days things like fuse kit or what were the good ones tween max
1: uh i mean ton of them there's TweenMax. max there's anything by green sock there was the one that Z- zay made there was a uh, i mean grant skinner had one i mean all of them there's yeah. they're all there but The funny thing about this is I actually researched this the other day because I taught a class on on animation and Unity. And uh, so I went through all the, like, what you're suggesting, and I was, like, going through all the other options we can talk about. And it's funny. Everything comes back to easing equations. Like, it's just, like, it's math. (laughs) So look at this stuff that we did back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, specifically to the ones Robert Penner wrote. Oh, yeah.
1: All over the place. Yeah. I mean, because that language has been taken... And put into every tweening engine there on in, Like, you know, ease, ease in out quad, ease in, you know, sign. Yeah. Like, all of that. That's that's that. Yeah. That's I don't that
0: think right people seat. even know that that just all comes down to one person who just decided to, yeah. like, standardize all of these things. Yeah. I saw a, a funny conversation, actually, on Twitter between uh, Rob Penner and someone else a couple of years ago. He was like, yeah, there's, there's loads of things that I did wrong. Oh, yeah. There. Like the way that um, like none of the inputs are really labeled, like they're all just called A and B and things.
1: Oh yeah, did you ever try to figure that out? That was always no. like, what is T and what is D? <laughs> like, it's like, you know. Okay, yeah. so this one is yeah.
0: um, DoTween Pro and uh, it's free, or, oh no, DoTween is free and then there's DoTween Pro on the asset store, which just gives you some more features. And then it, that, there's also HoTween, which is, or Hot HotTween or HoTween. I, I
1: couldn't figure out what that was either. <laughs>
0: um that's basically the previous version by the same person oh really but, so but, is
1: the one you're suggesting is like a 0. 0.2 of it
0: yeah like exactly 2. But i think everyone still uses hot tween and he's like no don't use that use do tween. it's the new one yeah he's even like jumped into a twitter conversation i was having with someone else i
1: was like don't
0: he's just appeared in the conversation and gone don't use hot tween, use do tween. <laughs>
1: Um, is this, so is this the one that has, uh, like a built-in editor into Unity so that you can really add, like, cause most of them are code-based, yeah. but I think this one has like a really extensive editor for it.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. that's the one.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you used iTween or have you used, uh, LeanTween?
0: I don't think I've used either of those. No, I think I found HotTween and that did everything that I needed. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're all, I mean, systematically they're kind of all similar, right? Like, I think it really depends on what you're comfortable with and what kind of functionality you need, but... Ability to animate an object, get a callback on it, figure out the set the properties or multiple properties, and then kind of like abstract helper functions to do things like, you know, move or or rotate or scale up or whatever, you know, kind of like you might see in other languages like jQuery. I don't know, I looked at about four the other day and they kind of all did the same thing, just with various, you know, might, one might have an editor, one might have, you know, might, one might be a little bit more performant
0: yeah a lot of these things are free so if you've got the time and the budget just try out everything and then evaluate them properly before because if you're going to be spending like weeks and weeks or months or even years making a game just you want to choose the right tools right you want to you want to i mean and you can never be absolutely sure that you made the right choice ever and i've gone back and like taken whole physics out (laughs) engines out of games and changed them and things like that but uh, yeah you want to avoid that as much as possible okay so the next thing on my list is one that you can't get on the asset store you can only get it from the site and it is the whole suite of native plugins by prime 31 and what these do is they give you access from unity to all of the native features of android phones iphones and windows phones and yeah, they're super useful, like just absolutely invaluable. Like, yeah, they also integrate with things like social networking. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Analytics.
0: Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, just things like you want to get easily just get, the, get a photo from the camera and use that as a texture. It's mm-hmm. like it's going to be you just whack this plug in into your directory and it's going to be two lines of code and you've got it working. And it's just like massively handy. And if you've ever had to integrate with something like Facebook, it's like that's a very complicated process on its own. Just understanding like what Facebook wants of you is really complicated, um, let alone integrating it into a Unity project that's also having to run on a mobile device. So Prime 31 plugins are are really handy for that.
1: Everyone they know uses them, literally at some point in time.
0: They seem to be pretty industry standard to the point where <laughs> yeah. what happens if something happens to Prime 31? <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's just one dude yeah well
1: at some point you wonder what's the
0: truck factor on prime 31
1: (laughs) he's like i just did it on friday night i don't have time to maintain this
0: with any of these things i guess you can say the same thing it's like Mm -hmm. where really important tools are being made by one or two people what happens if anything was to ever happen to that person or they just decided they didn't want to do it anymore yeah, it's pretty, pretty scary.
1: <laughs> Which happens, man. People, it happens yeah. all the time. People are just like, yeah. forget it. I can, I'm burnt out on maintaining my open source.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the nice thing about the asset store, maybe, is that there is more of a financial incentive to because yeah. you're you going to keep getting Do you sales. know anyone
1: who's put something on the asset store and yeah, is like do. doing financially well with it. Like, I know it's actually something I never thought about.
0: Yeah, I know a couple of people who have done fine. I guess it's not like a huge money maker like you're gonna retire off it. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be equivalent to like doing client work. Nice. If you make the right thing. I guess it's all about understanding the what the where the demand is. Yeah, where the market the, is, from yeah. De- from developers, like what's missing, like what what's the thing that's gonna help people the most. Um and then I guess pricing it right and everything. So yeah. I think the people that have made things like NGUI, mm. um, I think they've made a a, a lot of money. They're making um, it rain.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: whereas like Making just a goblin.
1: <laughs> it's like that would be me. I put up like a poop model. And <laughs> I'd be like, dollar ninety nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> next one. What was next on my list? Uh okay, so next one on my list is Spine. Spine is an animation tool. It's not a Unity plugin, it's not a Unity asset or anything. It's an animation tool that lets you make boned animations. And it has like a runtime for loads of different game engines like it's got one for flash it's got one for html5 it's got one for xna like you name it like there is a can, your animations will pretty much run on any game engine um now all the runtimes are open source so what you would do is you would you have to buy spine and you make your animations in that and then as I was saying earlier, Spine exports a JSON file and it exports an atlas with all, all the sprites in it. And then you just import that into Unity. And from GitHub, you get the actual code, the runtime code, and then you put them together and it just works, except <laughs> sometimes it doesn't.
1: <laughs> um, I was like waiting for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I got onto it quite early, like pretty much as soon as the Unity uh, runtime came out and stuff wasn't working for me. and So I got a bit annoyed with it. But then they, up, I guess other people report it and eventually these things get fixed.
1: So complaining works, is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, I didn't feel like that. Like, it was one of those things where you post on the forum and it doesn't go how you'd hoped. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where rather than being like, oh my gosh, did you know what? This is really bad. We're going to make sure we fix this right away. They're yeah. like, oh, why would you need to do that? <laughs> that it's always like, thing? why?
1: Yeah, it's always a use case, right? Because it's always the user's wrong until yeah. you prove them that you're right.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like, why would you want to do that? It's just like, well, that's what I'm doing. So, <laughs> like, I know you didn't think of this use case, before I'm the first person to maybe think of this use case. But that's the one I wanted to use it for. So, <laughs> I'm the edge right? <laughs> it's, it's things like, what if you want to point the arm bone in a, with code? Does that break everything? Is that going to still work? Like, yeah. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things I'm not a huge fan of, of the way it's set up, is that you have to extend their animation class oh. with your own behavior per game which is like really not a Unity type way of doing things. No. Like what you would normally have in Unity is you'd have a component that Right, it's all composition,
1: not inheritance. Yeah,
0: you would have a component that like does everything that you need Mm. and then you would make your own behavior component that Mm. references that component and just tells it what to do, right? Yeah. But That way you can just keep it all the
1: time and customize it when you need to.
0: Yeah, so what you have to do is you have to override the animation with your own specific features that you need. Weird. Which is fine, but it's just not I have I've not worked with any other stuff in Unity that works like that. I've worked with other things else outs in outside of Unity, like in Flash, that was pretty much how we did stuff. Yeah. Right? Like you override movie clip and then you add in some more stuff. But yeah, but that's so that isn't to say that I don't recommend Spine. I do recommend Spine. I think it's really good. It's just that I think the Unity integration could just be a little bit slicker maybe like just to make life easier because like I wish that everyone assumed that devs weren't smart because like a lot of the time I don't feel smart and like I feel like sometimes I'm using software where I'm just expected to be able to work it out (laughs) and it's just like no just hold my hand and walk me through it like honestly it's you know yep it's either really early on a Monday morning or really late on a Friday night and I just need this to work right now yeah so, and it
1: should be plug and play <laughs> why isn't <yeah>. this working <laughs>
0: sure thing so next up on my list is playfab and playfab is not actually a plug-in or anything it's a like a cloud-based game services thing so yeah. you can use it to store high score tables it will do like friends lists and things like that it's really handy it's cool. It's all completely free to use at the moment. I guess it's like something like Parse. It's like a cloud-based.
1: Oh, well, Parse doesn't exist anymore.
0: No. <laughs> but yeah. you're right.
1: Everyone kind of every, when it comes to like those kind of external saving data, whether it's states or friends or any of that kind of stuff, I think Parse kind of was the. Um, it's what I saw a lot of people using.
0: So like, many people were using Parse, I could not believe it when mm-hmm. they discontinued it. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, well, selfie. <laughs> <C'est> la <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Pass. You say I wonder if anyone's going to try and do what Pass was doing cuz
1: I mean, I would say yes and no. Like I mean, I think there's ways to do it for sure. I mean, I I know even like even here at Microsoft we have like our equivalent It's kind of I guess you could say it would be like mobile services where it's really easy to dump in and save. Like I did a whole tutorial in Unity on making your own leaderboard with it. And it's like two lines of code. Like, it's not like anything crazy. But uh, if anyone's going to fulfill the gap fully, the way that they had it set up and the way that so many people were using it, um, because it really, I think people push the technology too a little. I, I don't know. No one stepped up to the plate. There's really no equivalent to it, like an exact equivalent.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, PlayFab obviously is very much focused on games. But see, I mean, the only thing is, it's like, then you you wonder, like, with any sort of third party services thing, it's like, if your whole game is relying on that, what happens if that stops existing, like it's hap- going to happen with the past? Yeah, you know, that's well, also sense. your
1: data, like, I think it also comes down to your data, too. Like, depending on what you're saving, what you're doing, like, that's your data somewhere else, too. Yeah, and people are starting yeah. to actually think about that a little bit more now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to make sure you do everything in a way that's like secure and... Or that you can get you it, it, you know? like yeah, You might have absolutely. years years of analytics,
1: for example, <laughs> that you might want or something, you know?
0: Sure. Okay, so then a few honorable mentions and then we're going to wrap this segment up. So things that I think look cool and I, I I have, like, picked them up, but I haven't had a chance to properly evaluate them yet. Build R by my friend Jasper um, and Jasper Stocker. And what that does is it's a procedural building generator that runs in Unity. Cool. So... You can like make a skyscraper, say how many windows you want it to have. Like, do you want an an old fashioned looking building, a modern building? So if you need to like build out a whole 3D city really quickly, that's cool. Next one is Pro Camera 2D by Luis Pedro Fonseca. And that is a 2D camera system that does all the things you would want a 2D camera system to do, like following at different speeds, like camera paths. Um, So if you're making a 2D game, it's like, it's gonna save you loads of time. Text Mesh Pro which is like a really nice font renderer that uses um, like distance clouds or something they're called to make really sharp looking fonts at any size, which is cool. And then the last one is Spriter by Brash Monkey. And that's another bit of animation software like Spine, but it's way cheaper than Spine. So again, probably worth evaluating if you're like on a budget and it's got all the same features as far as I can tell. So Wow, thanks for sticking with me through that one, though. So that was like...
1: <laughs> There's a definite theme, by the way, through all your asset suggestions.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what was the theme?
1: Oh, it was just definitely like 2D animation, you know, sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were a couple that weren't that, like that, but yeah, on yeah. the whole. I mean, that's just what I tend to... The types of projects I tend to work on yeah. at the moment. I mean, that might change. Yeah. In which case I'll come back with a load of 3D really important <laughs> things. I mean, in terms of 3D, like, yeah, if you need to, like, build a whole 3D game and you haven't got an artist, like, just you can just get everything on the asset store, like palm trees, cars, like, all this stuff. My,
1: my nephew is teaching him how to build a game, and he found a model for a donkey.
0: He was so <laughs>
1: excited. He was like, oh, my God, there's a donkey. And apparently there's, like, uh, there's this kind of, like, subreddit uh, called Creepypasta, and kids love it because it's all, like, um, horror stories. You right. know, like the campfire stories you used to tell. And um, right. apparently there's one about Slenderman and there's something to do with a donkey. And so he's like, I'm going to build a Slenderman game. And I was just like, <laughs> he was so motivated, you know. And I was like, but you you got a donkey. You're good to go. Yeah.
0: So, okay, on to the second topic of the day, which is going to be um,
1: dun, dun, dun.
0: education. So if you were to start, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, and you've never really done any creative coding, where would you start?
1: Is that a question to me? Yeah. (laughs) If I, I think, honestly, I I think just based on looking out, like if you look at what's available, and you look at like um, like, uh, barrier to entry, I'd probably do processing, which is not something I think that when I kinda even started in the industry, was even on top of my mind at all. It seems like something way out there, but, I think based on just, like, Daniel Shiffman and all the resources he's creating, and I think uh, the popularity, even with Hour of Code, where they're teaching people in Hour of Code, processing is, like, one of the, I think it's one of the easiest ways to get started. And I think it's, um, when it comes to, when we say creative coding, I think, like, the number one thing you need to be able to do is have some kind of um, visual feedback right away. And I think processing gives you that with the lowest barrier to entry, personally. That's what I would say.
0: What do you think of, like, Scratch?
1: Um, I think Scratch is great. I I mean, I love Scratch. I teach Scratch um, to kids mostly because it really is aimed towards kids. The graphics are towards kids. Uh, It's more like, you know, building blocks and and understanding how they work together. And I don't think there's anything wrong with learning how to code that way as an adult, but it can come across as, you know, like a, a a little too young, I think. But I think... Um, you know, even just if you've never ever tried, just understanding uh, basic constructs of programming in a fun way, Scratch is kind of like a, a nice canvas to play with.
0: Hmm. I think, in fact, everything that you would learn from learning Scratch, you could, if you then started, like say, with Processing next, you would be able to apply like all the same, like everything you've learned would still apply. And there's pretty much a direct equivalent between things you would see in Scratch, I think, and things you would see in Processing.
1: I mean, I, yeah, totally agree because Scratch teaches you basic logic constructs and more, right? Yeah, like I mean, it also of,
0: has things like it has the concept of like X and Y position of an object and like just yeah, repeating
1: like that. or like follow the mouse or it has all of those ideas. And I agree. They're right there for you. But I think it really depends on, um, you know, and I think it's good because it's visual and you configure it. But sometimes I don't know, like I have a hard time referring an adult to it. With them taking it seriously rather than like, hey, yeah. just go play with it for an hour so that you get a sense of what's going on. Um, I tried to teach it to adults and it doesn't like just out of curiosity. And they're mm. like, mm, no, there's a cat running around. No.
0: Yeah, I see. So it just, it's a turn off visually just because it's made, I mean, it is made for kids. Like, so, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. The, other, okay. thing that, the then- other
1: thing I don't necessarily like when you think about Scratch is that there is an interface to learn right and there yeah. is dependencies like it's run on the flash plugin and so there is dependencies and there's an interface and again I think in terms of a visual tool it's really great but I do think that like it's easy to get frustrated by an interface yeah you know processing is the exact opposite right you open up and you just got code and that's all you got and so that could also for the same reason be a bit of a you know someone's like not as interested in it because it seems you know outside of their reach
0: yeah I mean the value of something like processing I think is that like you can see that like even two lines of code or four lines of code can do something. Oh, and, right? so-
1: and sometimes something amazing. Like yeah. for, you know, for, for what you're writing, it, the visual payoff can be pretty outstanding.
0: And what about Unity as something for like people who've not done anything?
1: I teach creative coding in Unity in the class I'm teaching right now at NYU. Out of seven classes, I'll do two full just creative coding, you know, having fun, fractals, patterns. Um, right. Putting stuff on the screen, generative art kind of stuff, and uh, I think Unity. I again, the problem with Unity is the interface. Depending on where you're coming from, it, it can be a lot to learn. And Unity is one of those things where you're teaching it, you got to be very much like, watch what I'm doing. Like, just don't touch anything. Watch what I'm doing. Click here. Do this. Your turn. <laughs> and and when you do that, and when you really do explain the idea of like components and things like that, um, I think people really get it. Um, and I think that the payoff that Unity can give you, like uh, we just taught the other day, like moving moving a, a primitive cube around, um, and then having the camera follow it, and then having trail renders, you know. So mm-hmm. really, that's like not a lot of steps um, for yep. an average Unity developer. It's like a three hour class for a beginner. <laughs> um, and you know, when you kind of get outside of that, the visual payoff is really outstanding. Right? People are like yeah. really impressed by oh i can just add a particle engine and configure it and it does this so yeah. you know i think it's i, mean, I think unity I think is it's like it's a little bit
0: mind-blowing i think especially when you show someone that you can take like a new project and drop in like a 3d object say and drop in a light and then they're just seeing like a game just appear basically and then it's just like you move the light around and it like changes the lighting and you can like yeah it's like it it it, it the it's so it's like super powerful because it's like a professional tool that it's it has a good like initial impression like it gets people excited about doing stuff mm-hmm. but it is quite confusing to learn it's like quite a lot it's... of different windows and stuff to it isn't there
1: it's, I mean, it's, it's confusing. Like, again, I think that Unity is much like any other platform. Like, if you can get people to understand the core concepts of some of those things, like understanding, like we were just talking about it earlier, but, you know, um, inheritance over, you know, composition, like understanding these are components and you're adding things and you can continually add things. And so, you know, um, there's a lot that's built into Unity for a person who wants to get into creative coding that it does a lot of stuff for you, and I think that that's, like, awesome because you get off-the-ground running. And, you know, even importing the image effects that are built into Unity and applying, like, a, a bloom or a glow or something to a camera, and it just changes everything all of a sudden. I think, like, or applying a hue shift to, you know, a directional light or something. Like, I think people start to realize, oh, okay, you know, it, there's a lot of things I could be doing and, and integrating and... and um, you know, like we did a connect class where it was like a skeleton and added particles to the bone joint. So it just looked like it filled up the body and everyone's like, right. what? You know, and it's again, <laughs> not a lot of work. And so it depends on your audience, I think, but the visual payoff can be huge.
0: Mm. Okay. And then what about things like web stuff? Do you think that the web is like too weird to start people off with?
1: Uh, I mean, I think with libraries like P5JS, and, um, you know, once you start to get into that route, whether it's paper, JS, or those kind of things, I mean, I definitely do think that it's an area that people can play creative coding wise that makes a lot of sense because I feel like almost everyone has even a little bit of web knowledge, whether they know it or not. Like, they've all seen an HTML email, you know, come in not properly formatted. They've all, like, maybe have a Tumblr where they've customized their theme or WordPress. So I feel like there is this knowledge, but again, the problem that I have with the web is that instead of a tool or a plugin or kind of like the reason why I love Flash back in the, da- in the days or, you know, any of that stuff an environment is that you actually have three environments, right, in, in, in a way. Like you have the browser, but you have the structure, then the presentation, and then you have the behavior. And so, you know, the, you can only get rid of one of those at the most, Right? When you're doing creative coding mm. in, in in JavaScript and that means that you're basically getting rid of uh, CSS and, you know, applying it yourself or whatever you want to do. So I find it, it depends, right? Like I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of good stuff out there for it. But yeah, weird is kind of a good <laughs> kind of a good way to put it. <laughs> but in the same way it means that everyone can make their and share their work easily. Like it's the web. Right? So it depends yeah, on that's on, true. on what your output is and and what your goal
0: is right yeah i mean from my experience like people learn html very easily people learn css reasonably okay javascript is harder jquery people pick up pretty okay but then they get confused about what's javascript and what's jquery oh, yeah. quite a lot anything else like html5 frameworks like i've tried to p- like get inexperienced coders to like do something with them, and it just never works. No, like I mean even things like even things that like create JS or like uh, that's supposed to be like easy. It's just no.
1: <laughs> no, and and again, I think it's because all these items or these libraries. Are abstracting functionality for you that maybe you should or should not know about, you know, like or differences between the browsers. Which really, th- the differences between the browsers—they're not dividing; they're coming together more and more. So, you know, jQuery is yeah. something—I'm like, don't don't use it. But
0: oh, interesting. I mean, would you would you like urge someone to not even learn jQuery if they if they don't have to? <laughs>
1: no, I mean, I think it's a horrible thing to. I think that would be bad advice um, because. The reality is, is that if you want to look at where, if if you want to use like the famous penetration stats or whatever of jQuery, it's huge. Hmm. And many libraries, you know, depend on it, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, So to say to not learn it, I think would be a disservice. But I think that to say like to understand fully what it does and at what cost. um, So teaching more about responsibility, I think is a, a little bit more important and understanding that if you're only using it for DOM selection, you can do that. You can just, vanilla JavaScript will work just fine. If you want to animate it, you know, you don't necessarily need all these things or all these, whatever. You can do it this way or that way. I think, you know, again, it's like peeking under the hood and understanding it. So I, I would say, yes, you probably should know how it works. Um, and I, oh, little, little piece of me just died saying that. But yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I've, um, we've got to wrap this up in a minute, but I just, one final question to leave on. If you do you have like any advice that you would give to people who are trying to teach other people some coding or some creative coding?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to any kind of creative stuff, whatever you want to follow under creative, I feel like it's like this dividing line between beautiful visuals and that, you know, like as if like engineers want to buy, build ugly things. But I think like when it comes to those things is visual feedback needs to be right off the bat. If you need to be doing 10 steps to get someone started, I, I, you're gonna lose them at the third step. Right. Everyone I've ever taught who doesn't know any code or who is just trying something different, they need visual feedback right away. And that would be my number one thing is try to get to visual feedback as soon as you can. Even if it's just console logging in the browser or a text field up on the thing, it's just, it's gotta be there. Um, Cause there's no buy-in otherwise.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, you want to teach someone cool. to make a brownie or you want to teach them how to make, like, a Jello kind of thing before you teach them how to make a souffle, right? They don't want to look at the oven and wait forever. <laughs>
0: okay, or fry an egg because you, when you fry an egg, you can see it go white while you're cooked right away.
1: I like my analogy better, but okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that snub, thank you so much for joining us, Stacey. Um, will you come back soon?
1: Yeah, of course, always, whenever.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye, then. Bye.
1: Bye. Adios. Adios.